It may come as a shock to pop music aficionados to discover that Australian singer-songwriter Natalie Imbruglia's hit debut single peaked at number 42 on the Billboard Hot 100. The single, which dominated airwaves in 1997 and 1998, was not available commercially as Imbruglia's record label wanted the single to drive listeners to purchase the full album. This move meant that the song did not qualify for the Billboard Hot 100, which only tracked singles that were available for purchase at the time. The Hot 100 rules changed in December of 1998 at the tail end of the single's success, leaving it at its relatively low peak in spite of its 14 weeks at number one on the Billboard Airplay chart. Imbruglia's hit debut, a cover song, came to be thanks in part to her producer Phil Thornley, who contributed to the original version of the song that was written by Anne Previn and Scott Cutler. Despite being the original writers of the song and having performed the song several times live, Previn and Cutler, who together made up the band Edna Swap, were the second band to release a recording of this song. Lee Sorensen, a Danish pop singer, released the first recording in 1993 under a Danish title that translates to Burnt. The lyrics were rewritten in Danish by Elizabeth Gjerlof Nielsen, and the single became a hit in Denmark. It wasn't until 1995 that Edna Swap released their own version, a distortion-filled alt-rock version that seems a far cry from the wildly successful pop version Imbruglia released two years later in 1997. That's right, we're talking Anne Previn, Scott Cutler, and Phil Thornley's Torn on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one is too late. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my illusionary co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Yes. How you doing? I'm here, and I'm real. You're here, and you're real. This the, uh, An illusion that became real, Alex Mildenberger. Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably what an illusion would say, but yeah. Yeah, it depends. Sometimes illusions tell you they're fake. I guess an illusion doesn't really have necessarily itself a reason to to um, keep up the illusion, or maybe it does. Yeah, it, it, it depends on the the what would you call somebody who the illusionist? The illusionist certainly needs to keep up the illusion, but the is does the illusion have a have a hat in that hat own? basket? Hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say. They're, they're it's not impossible real. to know. Yeah. Alex, yeah. I was thinking about this song this week, which has like four different original versions. It does. Um, <laughs> and I thought another great name for this podcast would have been Whose Song Is It Anyway? Like, Whose Line Is It Anyway? We would have less songs to talk about. Although, maybe not. We could just do the same thing. And then I mean, just yeah, at like the end be like, so whose song really was it? Like, which was the best Yeah, line? like who owns it? Yeah. And 99% of the time it would be the original. It would be the original, yeah. Except in a few rare cases, but hey, if we ever, if ever the Cover Me uh, blog comes after us, or like Bruce Springsteen or something, we got a backup. We have an alternate title, yeah. Yes. So well, we know Bruce know. Springsteen doesn't mind if you name things after his songs, at in That's the right. very least, because of the movie Streets of Fire. Oh yeah. Um. As for podcasts. I guess we'll find out. And of course, they, they also named the holiday Independence Day after one of his songs. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, that's the big one. Yeah, um, huge. 
And then, you know, after born in the USA, they're like, oh, well, he was born here, so let's call it the USA. Kind That's of right, thing. yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> named the United States of America is, after a Bruce Springsteen. Well, it's a backronym, actually. He just said USA, and then they were like, what yeah, are we going to yeah, call yeah. it? They it's made three it letters. <laughs> yeah, he's a very influential artist, is the point. Huge, yeah, 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 100%. Another influential artist, Edna Swamp? Edna not Swamp. Really. I've seen it, not really, maybe a little bit. I've seen it written as one word but in in um spotify it's two edna swap yeah i didn't see an origin for the name it just sounds like a a made-up name yeah well, do you think and here is another is it is it actually edna's like edna free <laughs> s wap so you know you know, Did- you know what i'm saying yeah oh i don't know i just say did that How um, long has the slang term been around? Um, I've only been know. aware of it since <laughs> like the song. Like a fucking year, I bet. Uh, yeah, I feel like the song made it, right? Did we need where people like, oh, was saying wet-ass pussy takes too much fucking time. <laughs> I, we need I, an acronym that is also yeah. the sound of slapping a wet-ass pussy. <laughs> Wham! Swap! Oh, right. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, Edna Swap. They're a band. They're a band that I hadn't heard of really before this. Um, they're very like '90s rock. I probably won't seek them out. Like I don't. No, I don't want to be too negative. It's, it's not really. Um, they uh, made, I mean, not to get much. into the version too much, but they made me just think of like uh, Maps by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. They like seem maps. like in in the same way that one of these versions is a clear prototype for the version that became famous. Uh, I think Edna Swap is a clear prototype for alt rock that would be become. Yeah, I guess so. It was early, and this is the sort of thing we'd see a little bit later. Like, it, like when did this come out? Ninety five. Yeah, ninety five, so. and they had been performing it live, I guess, in ninety three. So it's kind and of since like all a... of these have like a similar structure. I have to assume that that had some shaping of even the Danish version and some other things that come down the line. Yeah, yeah. And, and, well, I'm sure we'll touch on it more when we talk about the specifics, but mm-hmm. I, I can see that. It definitely has that feeling, and, and there's more of that after this than before it. Yeah. And this, I was, I mean, you brought, you, you, you brought this, this song in for this week. You, you did the playlist. You said, let's do it. Well, because I was this so is... surprised when mm-hmm. I found out that it wasn't by her originally and that there was even like this early Danish version. Yeah, like when I say it dominated the airwaves in the 90s, like it was everywhere. I didn't even know the song by name, but like as soon as no, me I neither. listened to it, I was like, oh, fuck, this song. Yeah, like, it's, it's that one song all that I would constantly. sing along to probably if I heard it. It's mm-hmm. one of those ones that just was very ubiquitous and like I have just always known it as far as I know. Yeah. It came out when I was extremely young, so it's just been there. Uh, and a real soft delivery for a song about some pretty heart-wrenching emotions. I remember being a kid and just giggling because the song said lying naked on the floor. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Talk about being naked, huh? Talk about being naked. A, a lady? <laughs> naked? <sighs> naked? That's pretty salacious. Why, why the very idea? <laughs> Enough to give you the vapors. It certainly oh. gave me the vapors. 
But what we're going to give is our, our heartfelt and thorough analysis of these lyrics. Now, I'm using the, the Natalie and Bruglia version of the lyrics. They, are, those are the same as the original, right? Is there any huge differences? One difference. Okay. You're going to um, tell us when we come to it? Or should we tell us right now? Uh, it's um, it's an addition for the Natalie, not by the Natalie and Bruglia version, but compared to the original. Okay. okay yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I believe. Yeah, it's just the the uh, what the lyrics here call the bridge, which is essentially a an alternate pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. Is not in the original version. Okay. Um, okay. Just because it's it's a little less pop structured, so they kind of added that. Right. Later on. Is that in Bruglia edition, or is that Trine Rain? That or the first, yeah, originally in Trine, Trine. I thought it might rhyme, Trine Rhine. Trine Rhine. Um, oh, also, I looked up Natalie, and uh, according to the Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. pronunciation, there's no G. Oh, so it's in Bruglia. This is just in Bruglia. It's silent. Or there is a G, but it's silent. It's like how we've been saying Paul Abdul wrong all these years. Have we been saying Paul Abdul wrong all these years? Yeah, we're hit, we're hitting that second, we're hitting that ooh too hard. It's Abdul. Abdul. That's almost like Which, Abdul from. Yeah, who is named after <laughs> Paul Abdul? Really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. A uh, little bit of little bit of JoJo for you there. Yeah, a little JoJo trivia for you. <laughs> all right, let's talk some lyrics. Let's talk some lyrics. Before we here. talk of too much JoJo. Mm, which we can do. Um, I thought I saw a man brought to life. He was warm. He came around like he was dignified. He showed me what it was to cry. Let's talk about those. Let's talk about those. Um, so basically the idea of the song overall is there's a relationship. There's the woman um, who is narrating, who has maybe built, built up this person a bit in their head. And then mm-hmm. once the relationship started, that um, sort of imagined person never emerged. And we're going to see a lot of things that support that throughout the song. Um, yeah. And this is the beginning. She, I mean, literally, thought she saw a man brought to life. I feel like that's almost a biblical reference, like Adam and Eve, like he's the right. man. Right, yeah, and a very, like, like this is, like, the platonic ideal of man. Yeah. And even, I mean, and then even some, like, some language in the beginning, thought she saw it, and then, like he was dignified, um, kind of implies that uh, right, not everything is as it seems. nature of it. Yes. Illusion. The other, I'm not so sure about the final line, because it is either... An acknowledgement of just this idea of like being open and and emotional with someone, or she's just crying because she's sad because either they were cr- the man was cruel or because the relationship ended or both. Yeah, because this well, this man who she had basically imagined disappeared basically. So uh, by, whether it's by his absence that he brought her to tears or through yeah, like you're saying like intimacy. That he showed her how to like cry and and I guess be open with her feelings in like a sort of beautiful way. Because the the this whole man who's brought to life seems I suggest the idea of like the honeymoon period of a relationship. We're like, oh, these people, right. this guy's perfect. He's right. my favorite, and then eventually that disappears, that fades away. 
just by ne- uh, out of necessity. Yeah. That's just how mm-hmm. how like the human brain works. Yeah, chemically. And so then she finds after this phase that oh, he's not any of these things that I thought he was at the beginning. Um, yeah. So whether that 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 sadness, the crying, is from loss or from something else is unclear. But mm-hmm. it, it almost serves as a twist to the first two lines in some ways. Like I saw this guy; he was great, and he was so great. He but she's also crying. Like, yeah, you're like, oh wait, yeah. what the fuck? I guess like I'm a, just as associating crying with emotionality generally but Mm -hmm. really i think in the context of a song where you can't necessarily get that much across um in the lyrics talking about crying probably should be about being sad right it is a a a sort of shorthand for yeah (laughs) unless you're like addressing that specifically and saying like happy crying or something i don't know yeah he he showed me that crying could be beautiful or something yeah um this is like now i understand sadness because this has happened and like everything before that was just a bit sad but this is the real thing Mm -hmm. so we follow up those lines with the the second half of that verse well you couldn't be that man i adored you don't seem to know or seem to care what your heart is for but i don't know him anymore which i mean we already addressed you literally she's built this person up it would be literally impossible for him to be this who she expected him to be yeah and it's yeah because she's now talking about who this uh, who, who either she imagined the dude was before or who he used to be and being like what is, she's she's made that a different man from the actual person she's in a relationship with mm-hmm. so the shift from i saw this dude to you couldn't be that man is uh it's a good move it's a pretty pretty good use of of uh, the second and third person yeah. pronouns. Yeah. Um, and this dude sucks. You don't seem to know or seem to care what your heart is for. <laughs> yeah, again, the the emotional connection isn't there. Mm-hmm. Of course. And she says, yeah. and it, this one is very interesting. I don't know if it's the breaking up of it on Genius that is wrong or if it's it's actually just that each section bleeds right into the next because the line but i don't know him anymore really connects right into the chorus the pre-chorus on that second line there's nothing where he used to lie yeah this song kind of plays a bit fast and loose with that because i'm also looking i'm looking at the edna swap version and i'm looking at the natalie and bulia version and they both Mm. go to pre-chorus on there's nothing where used to lie but they Mm -hmm. it does lead in and that even happens um at the end of the pre-chorus like nothing's fine i'm torn there's even some later versions that resolutely put that in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the way it's written is kind of as a lead into the next line, the next section. Yeah. So yeah, there is an interesting like looseness amongst these sections, but I think it is sort of defined musically. So because when we hit that pre-chorus, and we'll talk about it, that like that's a different pacing. There's nothing where it used to lie is different from, but I don't know him anymore. So it feels like a new section musically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like um, the, the the music hasn't necessarily caught up. The way it's sung changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's nothing where I used to lie. My conversation has run dry. That's what's going. That's what's going on. Nothing's fine. I'm torn. This is yeah. See, I, I this part threw me off a bit because it made it seem like the the relationship was still happening. 
but as far as I can tell, it's about post breakup. Um, mm. So it's like he's there, but there's nothing where he used to lie. Like it might as well be not there because he's so distant. Sort right. Of thing. Uh, versus literally, there's nothing where he used to be. Of course, generally evokes the image of lying in bed alone um, and not talking to anyone or perhaps conversations run dry because really the only one she has to talk with now is herself so either no one to talk to or has already run through everything and like doesn't have anything to bring up to herself yeah that's what i'm getting yeah that's kind of it and like yeah it is her conversation and i it's something maybe that connects with the, the chorus where the idea of illusion never changed into something real her ability for to talk up this illusion that she had is is gone she's like i can't keep pretending my conversations run dry there's nothing left to be said in this relationship and there's nothing i can do to preserve this image i used to have yeah so it's kind of a literal conversation but it's kind of a metaphorical conversation yeah doing, doing a little both in there yeah either way it no runs it runs pretty clear with the concept of the just being empty just being out of out of juice Yes. You know, and and and, and then she course. just succinctly says like that's what's going on. So if if you were curious what's going on in Natalie's life, that's what's going on. <laughs> or whoever's life. Yeah, in Anna and Previn's life. Previn. And R- then Rosetta. nothing's fine. I'm torn. Uh, yes, nothing's fine. I'm torn. Leading into the chorus, I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. I'm cold and I'm shamed, lying naked on the floor. Illusion never changed into something real. I'm wide awake and I can see the perfect sky is torn. You're a little late. I'm already torn. This is kind of her, like, low and high at the same time. Like, low then high. Like, she's out of... She can't believe in this relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. She's... That's her feeling. I mean, she literally says, this is how I feel (laughs) in the next line. (laughs) Um, And then sort of like this image of how she felt vulnerable afterwards, you know, completely exposed and cold and feeling like bad, you know, feeling bad, man. Um, What a statement. I'm cold and I am shamed. Yeah. Like she's gone through it. She felt all the bad things she could feel basically yeah and this felt is the peak completely of feeling like yeah. shit yeah i mean also kind of i mean she talks about being torn but also like you sort of tear your clothes off it's all part of the imagery um right, yeah the illusion the illusion we talked about before that she built up of this guy didn't actually ever coalesce into something um and then but she's wide awake and can see the perfect sky is torn. So now she's gained some insight. This is her, mm-hmm. like the end of her hero's journey or whatever. Right. Uh, Almost like, uh, oh, fuck. What is the one where Jim Carrey's living in a fake world? The Truman Show. Truman Show. Yeah. Yeah. So almost like seeing that the sky there is fake. She's realized that her, her outward reality is of perfection, where she's like, oh, I have this awesome like partner. It's, it's been torn. She yeah. Perfect sky. Not perfect. It's mm-hmm. torn. Um, and so, then... Yeah, not, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to move to the last two lines. Yeah, that's what I was going to do, too. Okay. So the last two lines, um, according to Anne Previn, 
um, I was so proud of myself because I watched this interview and then it came up in the in the genius annotations. But um, she has said it refers to basically the guy broke up with her and then came back and then she still said no. She's already gone through everything and she knows that she's she's confident that the relationship needed to end, even though mm-hmm. she didn't end it herself. Right. Yeah, she says, you guys got one thing wrong, though. Well, you guys were saying that's like, uh, it's like a, about a girl being dumped, but at the end of the chorus, you're a little late. I'm already torn. He comes back. He wants her back. She's done with him. She's all disappointed. So, so she can't go back to the to the before times when she thought the relationship was good. The damage is done. You can't untear something that's torn. Yeah. It's, um, I, I mean, that was on an interview on Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch the interview? No, I didn't. I just no. looked at the Edna Swap yeah. genius notes. <laughs> yeah, it was just now. He was trying to like, I don't know. I don't really like Howard Stern that much. Um, too stern. Too stern. Too stern. Now he was trying to like shit talk Natalie and Brulia, and mm. and uh, Anne Previn didn't really seem to be having much of that. But anyway, he's like, are, are you like, mad? Are you mad that she was successful with your son? And she's like, I, I mean, like, it's weird. It's not how I would have done it, but like, it's successful. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, it, he's it a bit is... Gen X for me. Okay, fair enough. If that means so. anything. <laughs> I, it might mean something. I, I, I felt like it meant something. Yeah means something to me and that's what's important me um yeah so that's your chorus she says i i feel terrible mm-hmm. my life is a lie and i can't go back so fuck off you're a little late i'm already torn already torn second verse which is kind of half the length because the first it's another one of those like double length first verses or yeah. two verses whatever you want to say and then the second verse is kind of the, just the half one and then into another section um, so I guess the fortune teller's right. I should have seen just what was there and not some holy light. But you crawled beneath my veins and now, um, then, and of course that line very explicitly leads into the next one, but that's the end of the verse technically. Yeah. Um, so somebody on Genius suggested that the fortune teller is a metaphor for her instinct, which sounds like complete nonsense to me. I almost seem like it's kind of saying maybe it should have been obvious ahead of time. She's kind of blaming herself a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. And because that there were ex- external forces who were like, hey, smarten up. Yeah. Whether it was her own instinct or someone else suggesting Mm -hmm. maybe there's a problem it doesn't really say but i think both fit you know like basically saying like there were signs i think and of course there's always signs in hindsight that's just kind of how hindsight works you can you know what happened And and maybe perhaps that uh so she's seeing the the narrator is seeing holy light and the fortune teller somebody on the more mystic side of things says well, hold on a second. Let's be rational. Like, <laughs> right. is a bit funny, right? Because they're usually like, "Oh, here's a bit of mysticism," but now it's like, "Come on, let's let's just look at what's there." And let's the- be real here. Let's be real. <laughs> let's be real here. Yeah. And then oh, acknowledging yeah. kind of that she was maybe a little, maybe a little obsessed. Yeah. Or, or obviously searching for something that wasn't there. 
Yeah, and but you crawled beneath my veins and now, and so, you know, you got under my skin. This line also seems to relate back to, or forward to, I suppose, Lonely Boy, which we talked about last week. We did. Or it talks about somebody who's maybe not deserving of your love, but oopsie, now it's too late, and you've given him it. <laughs> right, and then you don't. Oh, of course, Lonely Boy is a little smugger, a little more smug about it, in that yeah. they're like, I knew before getting into this that I was too uh, yeah, good like, for you. Listen, I knew I was better than this. <laughs> but I did it anyway. Like, so are you really better than that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That is the question, right? Anyway. Um, but yeah, you've crawled beneath my veins, and now I don't care. I had no luck. I don't miss it all that much. There's just so many things that I can't. Now, the Natalie and Brulee version says I can touch. The uh, Edna Swap version says I can't touch on Genius. I'm torn. Yeah. I didn't actually notice that discrepancy, but I don't know. Let's I don't even let's talk know if it, it is a discrepancy in versions or a discrepancy in who transcribed. Yeah, or where they're pulling the lines from, and it, it could, it's so easy to it lose that really T. Either, yeah, um, when you're following it with touch, like what makes sense? Um, if you, I feel like there's so many things I can touch, is maybe a little more uplifting. It's kind of realizing that they like can emerge from this this um, low state, mm-hmm. and there is a future. Versus, I, I I'm struggling to even think what it means if it's can't touch. Well, yeah, my exactly. Yeah, if I can't touch, it's it, yeah. It sounds more like they're they're missing them, right? Um, whereas with I can touch, and I think it it pulls on another definition of torn. It, you know, a sort of analysis paralysis. There's so many things I can touch that I am torn. I'm torn I don't apart. Know what to do torn apart. There's, it's a uh, what is it? <sighs> analysis paralysis. Yeah. If, if you wanted a quick little rhyme there for you. Um, and then, of course, uh, the I do like that. I have no luck. Um, I don't miss it all that much. Which implies they had luck before. But I think that makes sense just because, you know, when you talk about luck, you talk about using it up. Even though mm-hmm. that's not reality. But that's kind of the way we think a lot of the time. So this also implies that she got lucky at some point, but then ran out of it. Um, right maybe but anyway uh i don't think there's a whole lot of meaning in this particular section yeah i think it's mostly the vibe of it or well, yeah fuck it. right fuck she's expressing <laughs> how she feels which it's, is yeah just kind of another s- stage of coping right You're like yeah. well, i don't really give a fuck about it like i don't even need it yeah who needs there's luck? so many things just out there that i could touch <laughs> or can't touch maybe <laughs> or can't touch and also i'm torn Leading into the course. Yes, I'm all out of faith. Um, nothing new in this chorus, except she's torn at the end there, and then we get some ooh ooh oohs in the uh, the Embrulia version. Yes. There's like a slight, she says at the like very end, uh, bound and broken on the floor. Um, yeah, well, in the bridge before that, my inspiration oh. has run dry. Right, of, sorry, uh, that's that, and that's not in the original. Okay, that's one of the differences. Yeah, that bridge. It's nothing where he used to lie. Which is, I mean, it's mostly based on the, on the um, previous section. The, yeah, the first one. First pre-chorus. Um, it just replaces that second line. My inspiration is run dry. My inspiration is run dry. Yeah. 
I guess I was, I was assigning a bit too much of, of an uplifting uh, factor to the lyrics because it's a pretty negative song. It's not really okay afterwards. Yeah, I think that the second pre-chorus comes off as denial. I don't care. I had no luck. Well, why are you singing this whole song about you crying on the floor then? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're right. Saying I don't care. Like, what is... Like, I, clearly I, yeah, I don't care. care is a classic I care move. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you were going to say about this line. Um, yeah, my inspiration has run dry. Um, one, again, this idea of conjuring an illusion no longer has the inspiration for it. I think and even her her pursuit of any sort of love maybe she's at it she's lying on the floor she's her inspirations run dry she doesn't want to fucking do anything nothing's right i'm torn she's a mess she is a mess but she has some positive outcome she did does she has learned something yeah and she's not going back to it so yeah. i mean there is that sort of positive outline the cycle's change. broken but it was hard the cycle was yeah, it, torn apart torn apart yeah if there there wasn't even technically a cycle in this story, but hypothetically, there wasn't one, so mm-hmm. I think that still counts. Yeah, and then your next uh, big lyric is the change on one of the last yeah. choruses to "bound and broke." I'm cold and I'm ashamed, bound and broken on the floor. Yeah, so she still does feel restricted. Mm-hmm. She feels like she can't move on the floor, but she has clothes now. That's not true, necessarily. It's not true. No, but yeah, it's... uh, I get some rough imagery. Bound and broken on the floor. Holy. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, definitely... I saw a brief consideration that it might be about an abusive relationship. I don't get that, necessarily. I think it's the bound, metaphorical. The binding and breaking is, yeah, metaphorical. Yeah. Um, so, just to briefly touch on that. Yeah, it's the the chorus and outro here are pretty clearly about. I mean, it's it's there, clear as day. This is how I feel. Right. Not, this is a this is collection what is of events that occurred. The truth, yeah, exactly. Or I mean, it's the truth, but it's not physically reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the lyrics. Now, that's the lyrics. Worth noting, uh, Anna Previn had a, uh, a specific songwriter in mind when she composed the lyrics. She said, I was really into Joni Mitchell at the time, and I really wanted to try and write something as descriptive and that had as much of a story as she seemed to be able to do. I was really trying to be Joni Mitchell, basically. So this is a Joni Mitchell-inspired oh. track. I mean, that's not a bad goal. Not Th- bad at all. I think she did a pretty good job. I think it's a pretty solid set of lyrics. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I, I feel yeah. like now I'll admit I haven't listened to that much Joni Mitchell. I feel like Joni Mitchell would have made it a little more bittersweet. Mm. Uh, this doesn't have sweetness. No, uh, which Joni is fine. Mitchell Just a different, a little different... more on that, like yeah. that aftermath of not going back, right? Yeah. Which is what I was trying to just, just to you know, make myself happier. But mm-hmm. that's, I don't think it's there. Yeah, but there no, is, I mean, there's really just there's a little nugget of she has learned and grown. Yeah, she's not going back. But yeah, she is definitely in the throes of a breakup and yeah. it hurting. All right, so I guess to do this, we're going to first talk about the 1995 Edna Swap version, then go back in time to 1993 and then forward in time again. Yeah, I think so. Just because I think it would be a lot easier to talk about the original first 
or or the original artists, the yeah. artists who wrote it first, and not talk about a, a Danish language version. A Danish language with, with different lyrics. True, they change a bit. I mean, similar idea. Similar idea, but it is uh, it is different. Um, and we will we will talk about those because there yep. was actually a good translation of them online. Mm-hmm. And with that, Alex, let's talk about the instrumentation in the Edna Swap nineteen ninety five. Yes, version. it's very strange to listen to because the Natalie and Brulia version is so seared into my brain. It was oh yeah, it's I just heard it so much, and at such a young age that hearing this version it's quite different um it's very like much more like rock and roll very guitar focused um and like there's a lot of distortion on the guitar and the the vocals are a lot i I, they feel a lot like more present compared to the more poppy versions later on but they're definitely like there's a bit there's more grit to them you know, she's singing this. It's very like personal. Yeah. The delivery. I, and this song is like split perfectly in half between the first two minutes, which are basically just guitar and her vocals, very raw. And then the second half, which is like full band, heavy distortion. Uh, right. Yeah, so it is very interesting in that sense. Yeah. And there is an echo on her voice, which will come up in a lot of other versions, but she's got a little bit, there is a little a lot bit of, of space echo. there. Um, the guitar itself make feels very early '90s to me. It's got that. It's it's very like textury. There's a lot of mm-hmm. like, um, kind of palm muting and um. It'll pick some stuff and let the like so some notes and let the other strings ring out and it'll play a play a chord things like that. It's, it's fills a lot of space. Yeah, it's like a real soft jam on an electric guitar yeah. with a bit of grit in the tone. Yes, definitely some grit there. Um, they actually, you mentioned the echo, and I do have a, I did like it's a very slow echo. It's an interesting echo because it's so mm-hmm. slow to the point where it almost sounds like they just have a different desynced vocal track at some parts. But it does seem right. to be that echo, but it's it's just so slow. By the time you actually get to the point it's echoing, it like it's not even like you don't even remember it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of more sound. Yeah. And now there is a lot of we've talked about how kind of rough and raw this this version is. She does have vocally a couple of soft moments that really come through, particularly on the chorus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, where she says the line, this is how I feel at around 120 seconds. She goes from this rough, this like really rock and roll delivery to this is how I feel. Even, did she did that for the whole line? Because I thought they're like just at the end, like just for feel even, mm-hmm. she f- flips into like a like a softer falsetto. Yeah, like feel has a real soft delivery yeah. on I it. I guess she softens word. up and then even more. Um, yeah. Which is an interesting choice, especially because... A lot of these other versions are just very pop, and yeah. I, I like this that kind of delivery. I I just don't see happening in like pop music, especially where it gets like so soft. Because if it was a if it was a um, pop production, you'd want to hit that note, you know. Mm-hmm. You'd want to make that powerful, and you would crank up the volume or whatever just to make it sound like that. Yeah. 
Um, and this is yeah, it's it's a move that it really suits their their alt rock style to have both the the harshness of these rock vocals and then to just pull the punches on certain phrases to so that's like it plays with the 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 theme of the lyrics as well. It fits so perfectly to have somebody in the throes of a breakup just being like at and at one side like rough and a bit angry and then also right. being just so very tender and like broken on that other end. Right. Yeah, just that kind of oscillation back and forth between the anger and the I guess vulnerability or at mm. least softness. Yeah. Um uh, but that doesn't happen in the second chorus. Um no. they're much more kind of resolute at that point. Or Yeah, cuz so basically is. after the the first chorus we do a little I think there's a little instrumental and then everything just kind of kicks in almost exactly at the 2 minute mark. We get to the full band. Yes, for the second right into the second verse there. Yeah. Um and so basically another guitar and drums yeah pretty much and some real crunchy rhythm i don't know if that is a a bass or just a regular guitar that ding, 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 ding. it is hard you know to tell there's a lot of sounds going on here yeah uh well that's not necessarily true there's not that many different instruments but like they're very like broad sounds i think that fill up a lot of space yeah really relying on that distortion to create a, a you know presence yes and i think um flanger as well yes kind of like gives it a wavery feeling i think it's flanger i always second guess that supposedly it's hard to tell flanger from certain other effects yeah i don't know enough about flanger to say one way or the other i like saying flanger all I know about is in Flanders Fields. In Flanders <laughs> Fields. Oh. Um, other than that, like it's pretty like consistent and kind of got this. It feels so slow and plodding compared to the yeah um, more popular versions. Um, the guitar adds some like sliding around after the second chorus. Oh, second chorus also has backup vocals. It's a male vocalist. That's right. Um, and then we get into that kind of like guitar sliding. Which is some pretty cool sounds, but it's kind of all part of the texture. So it kind of fades into the texture. Yeah, it's a real textured version. Yeah, yeah you're right. After that second chorus, it's all it's like a guitar solo, basically, but there's so many other instruments around. I guess it is, yeah. I didn't really think of it that way, though. Mm-hmm. Because it's like... Like it swelling up and pulling back. Receding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then everything breaks down to that uh, that guitar at the end, and it just kind of walks us down. Yeah, so it's a very different version from what I'm used to, and none of the cover versions, at least that we're going to talk about, none of the ones I could find, uh, sound like this at all. Yeah, none of them come close to this, and it's crazy because I thought this version like rocked. I thought this was a very good version. There, there's got to be covers of this specifically, but m- maybe one day, mm-hmm. if if not already. But I happen to not find any. Yeah, but I, it's because everything after this point takes a sharp turn for just straight pop. Yeah, although the original the version mm-hmm. was poppier, just technically the original the the. Danish version. Yeah, the Danish version. Chronologically. To be, to be heard publicly, at least in Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was that popular over here. But 
Yeah, it's very it's yeah, so it's very wild to see a song so far removed from its origins. Which is this this ultra rock version that I thought was yeah. very good. Yeah. It is Let's talk about Liz Sorensen, if that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, I mean, I looked up, yeah, it's the O with a slash. It's kind of like an O uh sound. And then their R is kind of like the French R, but it's a little softer. So it's like Lise Sorensen or something like that. But like, that's okay. probably, it's like a O. Uh. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Uh, how is it? Um, I'm trying to remember. I looked up some linguistics things, but I don't okay. remember them now. And like the pronunciation, she says it, it's kind of weird. It's like a burn, burned. Right, the the word that means burnt. Yeah, which I refuse to even take a crack at burned. in the intro. <laughs> yeah, it translates to burn burned. So similar yeah. idea. She's burned instead of torn. Yeah, and so hers is about. Well, I'll do a quick read off of the lyrics because mm-hmm. the it's pretty obvious what it's about. Rewritten by somebody who I named in the the credits, whose name I definitely mispronounce. So her version goes, now the moon lights up my neighborhood. I get up, walk around, can't sleep anymore. I stand by the window and I see the last bus, the last stop. Stop. And I wish dearly and hope wildly, yes, that you are on it and offer peace to my weary heart. Because um, fear never gives in when fear lives in soul and body. It blazes up so easily in the heart that was burned. So they actually carry on that same pattern of linking the end of one segment to the line from the next segment. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um be interesting obviously we have no uh context on what it is like in danish because like we mm-hmm. just have this translation that would be interesting but uh right, i yeah. would have to How? like learn a language <laughs> well and understand yeah. it that's a whole thing that's uh, that's a lot of work um yes yeah, so in the heart that was burned a thousand times before by someone who promised all and closed his door oh. shut left me lying blue and burned oh. small scared weak with my dreams forsaken now i'm full of doubt if you're still the one who turns me on again and burns me again um now the moon lights up my neighborhood i want to be loved not deserted or burned anymore so show me who you really are because fear never gives in it's a, a the same pre-chorus as before um, you get the chorus, and that's really it. But yeah, so it's about somebody who uh, they, they seem to still be in a relationship, or had perhaps just because like, they're wishing for this person to come, sort of in the middle of the night. Yeah, and, less like the original was pretty resolute, and like this is over, and she mm-hmm. turns this person down when they come back. But it does not sound like that's what this person would do. Yeah, they this they person want them is to sort come of. Back hope for them to come back but they've been burned so many times in relationships before that they are full of anxiety and fear so yeah a little different but it sounds the same um, yeah and uh it's also not sung in english so you can't tell yeah exactly so as far as i'm concerned it's the same exactly it's the exact the same, same. same it's one song. for one <laughs> it makes right, no sense in danish it's just a direct translation <laughs> that's right every single word <laughs> Uh, all right did I write notes on this? it's a lot poppier did you write it first? yes uh it's a lot poppier uh, it actually it even comes in on like a, a tight snare drum roll it's kind of yeah it's a, it's odd approaching and, reggae yeah actually yeah it is approaching that and then goes into like kind of like almost a shuffle beat 
um, with like a little electric guitar. It's interesting. And then you get, of course, synthesizers. There's going to be a lot of synthesizers. There's a lot of the poppier versions. Yeah. But now that guitar that comes background. in. Yeah. That real uh, black tie white noise tone on Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, it does have that. Kind of around the same time, too. So Yeah. Uh, maybe that was just in vogue, or maybe yeah, maybe that was liked. something of that era. Um, whoever would have played that, uh, who would have played that? I don't know. Me, bro. <laughs> what? Fresh out the womb. You? Fresh out the womb, just <laughs> ripping a ripping some guitar on a Bowie yeah. album. Like babies are wicked smart. It's just you get dumber wicked smart. On All right, uh, <laughs> babies are wicked fucking smart. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, a lot of synthesizer. There's a guitar strumming. Um, yeah, like an acoustic rhythm guitar. But like it's not like the out. strumming later. We don't get the strumming later. Uh, where am I? Uh, oh, I hardly... I didn't have... There's a lot of like subtle guitar work in this one. So there is guitar. Mm-hmm. The synth kind of makes up the background. Um, ambience. Uh, it's still the early 90s, so it's not like synthesizers don't have that really like dense, developed production level that you would get in another 15 years or so mm-hmm. um and yeah, then so it's just like there's a lot some of guitar. feeling synth yeah exactly it fills fills the space like you would apply strings basically yeah um, and then there's like some guitars and there's a lot of like i said it's like subtle guitar work like it'll play little licks or it'll be very quiet yeah I mean, yeah, you've got that classic, like, guitar sting rhythm, that beep, beep, beep. Yeah, it plays on the, so this that's the, like, strumming part. So this one does have strumming, but it's not like the strumming that comes in later. We'll address that. Um, right. I mean, in later versions. Right. Um, kind of in the back. And, yeah, it really, like, um, accents the, the two and then the back of the three, so... Um, Sorry, I, I um, lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but I didn't I have anything more to the, say. I'm gonna move into the chorus. Take it, if you're, if you're take it, man, take it. Um, that's where the 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 black tie white noise guitar starts coming in a little stronger with this. Starts doing that little pattern, which I think carries into the second verse. Yes, that's kind of like. Like I said, a bit like kind of subtle. It's not like this ripping guitar. Yeah, and uh, like not a big of... movement from uh, verse to chorus. True. They really just add that mostly. Yeah. Um. The strumming. No, I see. I wrote later. I wrote the strumming's back, but it never leaves. Um, but it kind of yeah, gets covered up a around. bit closer to the end. Mm-hmm. Just a bit, but the strumming's less important here. Um, I don't have like a lot of specific things more. There's a solo later on. Yeah, like a lot of these versions establish a pattern and then just fucking do it again. Yeah. So I think second verse and chorus are the same as the first, right? Yeah. Because I have I have one note here I don't understand. It's a quotation that says once. I don't know if she says that in the song. Um, well, there's a brief section kind of after that second chorus where she kind of sighs and it leads into the solo. 
and she I, says I the song it. title, which I was like, wait, is that? Yeah. So that's how it's pronounced, but I still can't pronounce it because it's like, it just sounds not real to me. Right. This is, it might as well be Elvish to us. Yes. It's strange sounds that like I never learned to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this context. So you're right. There is a guitar solo. Um, I wrote Spanish guitar. I don't think it's actually a Spanish guitar, no, but it sounds like the kind of solo you would play on a Spanish yeah, guitar. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it's like acoustic guitar for small rooms. Uh, there's yeah. lots of echo on the guitar. Uh, there's kind of some picking going on. I don't know that it's specifically, like you said, Spanish-style guitar, but there's a Spanish guitar feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, with that Which echo. Which also very resonance. much of that era. Spanish yeah. guitars were big in the 1990s. I believe you, but I don't have any evidence. Um, this song, I know Prozac did song. some work with Spanish guitar. Uh, you know, like Ricky Iglesias was big in the 90s. Yeah, there so. was a bit of like a Latin pop influence coming in. So then true, I, I think that's... true. That was really on the rise at the time. Yeah. Um. So there's a, yeah, there's a solo, and then we do another chorus. Actually, what happens in that? chorus after the solo it is a little different it actually removes some synth compared to the previous ones Mm. um the synth does well a bit it sweeps right yeah there's one big like sustain let's just so like there's still synth technically a little less because it's being filtered out yeah uh um, yeah she yeah. does her that's kind of like this is now like the outro part there's some i wrote do 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 i gotta yeah is there a, i've written that there's ad-libbing I, it's hard to tell <laughs> just yeah admittedly hard to tell because i don't speak the language but um there's some like do 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 that's like backup though it was not really um ad-libbing oh yeah and then, so their their sort of breakdown at the end here is that synth almost rips in around the three fifty mark. Yeah. Does it rip in? I I don't know if it's ripping, but like it's it certainly comes in like three forty five. I guess yeah, it's kind of bouncy too. I sort of missed that. Oh no no, I'm the next thing. That's it's just idea. like a little transition, but it's still like in the high end and still kind of yeah. like stringy sound. It, it, it cuts through the mix. So. Yeah. Which is like the first time the synth actually does that in this song, so mm-hmm. it's, probably, it's more noticeable, except apparently to me. And then we fade out on that uh, guitar pen, that and some like like very pop finish. Yeah, it's a lot of poppy stuff. It's poppy. It's a lot poppier. Poppy. Uh, none of it really stuck out to me that much. Uh, compared yeah. to some of the later versions, maybe just because I'm so familiar with this song. It's just kind of another pop mm-hmm. version. It's like, and so many of these versions become just like vocals, some some mild vocals with a mild backing track, and you go like, "No, nah, this is fine." Yeah, all right. I mean, and that's what, not bad. That's what this one is. The guitar solo stuck out to me. It was pretty good, I thought. But like uh, beyond that, the the guitar tone, uh, the pattern it does, pretty neat. Um, I thought the lyrics are an impressive feat to write that into a, a version that while still holding some thematic consistency with the original also seems to fit well in a, an entirely new language. Yes. But there are some differences and I think those are apparent when you mm-hmm. look at the music video. Yes. Um Wait, there's a music video for this one? There is a music video for this one. Fuck. Uh it's 
not I mean things actually happen but it's also kind of vague like there's it starts with it's a lot of two video feeds superimposed on yeah, top of one a, another it's an overlay here yeah yeah almost the, the whole thing not fire. the whole thing but most of it is more than one image at a time um and there's some like really like low frame rate parts too that are a little odd um it's mostly i think vacation shots so the the idea okay. i got from it was it was like these are her memories from the relationship as okay. she sort of sings she's like in i think a hotel room and like she's a lot of the time on the balcony and you can see the city behind her i didn't recognize the buildings or the cities but i'm sure if you were more aware of cities around the world you could um at one point she has like a shiny gem thing on her forehead because you know early 90s yeah she's got that on a few shots <laughs> yeah um and it's a lot of like close-ups on her face uh kind of doing i'm gonna say generic 90s female singer songwriter things where she'll like kind of sway and like put her hands up on your hair and like reach up sit things like that um there's one part where there's a guitar cowboy guitar cowboy um go to 143 that's where he comes in he comes back later he might be the man it's a little unclear um it's a little overwhelming <laughs> that was a brief shot <laughs> he comes back later uh he okay, plays the right. he plays the solo uh so <laughs> it's it's a little overwhelming because it, a lot of it is more than one thing at a time. But I think the intended effect is kind of memories clashing together. Everything's fading because it's in the past. So I think it works. It's not super exciting, but I think uh, it kind of right. succeeds in what I think it's trying to do, more or mm-hmm. less. But it's just not the, that interesting a version of that, which kind of right. And sometimes describes there's the fire overlaid, and I mean, well, I don't know what the Denmark music making, I mean, like music video production scene was like. We're talking '93, so MTV's been around for what eight years. Maybe this is this is the best you can achieve with the the tech in in Denmark. Yeah, maybe overlaying videos was really hard. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know for sure. One thing I do know for sure is it's time to move on into our next cover. Indeed it is. Which is Try and Ryan or Try and Rain? I've decided to pronounce it Try and Ryan. I don't know if that's how they pronounce it, but that works for me. That works for you. This was Um, recorded in 1996. Yeah, a couple years later. Still before Natalie and Brulia, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to take away from Trine Ryan's accomplishments. She's she's a singer-songwriter. She's described as American-Norwegian. She's born in America. She's married to a Norwegian guy. Uh, Not just a Norwegian guy, That's Alex, what I was Nor- going to say. <laughs> Norwegian adventurer, I don't Lars Monson. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to take away from her accomplishments, but he is an adventurer. So that's an pretty adventurer. cool. Known for hiking, uh, doing through hikes of northern Canada. So through hiking is basically when you hike on established trails. And I guess he did that through northern Canada. So like, she's very cold. Yeah, very cold. Um, I've not I been did... there. Furthest yeah. north I've ever been is Fort McMurray. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe me. Too. I don't know. I don't know how far north some parts of Manitoba I've been to are. I'm feeling oh, like maybe enough. not that north. Um. Anyway. Uh, I think she's had more success in Europe. 
Yeah, I believe so as well. Also, a Norwegian, an adventurer in the 21st century. <laughs> it's it's wild. The 20th. It's wild. And wild. And it's a little distracting. Um, very. But this version is very interesting as well. Because it is the blueprint. Because it is the blueprint for the Natalie and Brulia version. The other mm-hmm. thing about this version, I guess I'll say it. Uh, don't want to bury the lead too much. I found this one a bit disappointing because I mm-hmm. think that the Natalie and Brulia version took a lot of the elements, found the ones that really worked, and emphasized those in ways that this version doesn't. It doesn't really know what it has, and I think it falls a little flat because of that. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. This version is like it, like truly a blueprint, a prototype of the <clears throat> Natalie and Brulia version. Notably, for me, the guitar strumming. Mm-hmm. It has this acoustic guitar strumming that comes in pretty early. Um, it's the same strumming pattern that gets used in the Natalie and Brulia version, but yeah. it kind of gets covered up and lost. And I think like it, the other things that, in my opinion, are less good about this song, cover it up. Yeah. Which happens with... I think a few things. I'm trying to think of the other <laughs> examples. Um, it, it uses more synthesizer, uses more guitar. There's even later on like this, like guitar doing the like wick, wick kind of sound. Is that what's going on in that intro? Because when it comes in, I don't, it's I don't this, know if it's like, the intro. There's like a, it's like a either a record scratch or like a, a horse. Like a, like that sounds more like a record scratch sound. Coming. That's yeah. more like a record scratch. So yeah, that's also going on. Yeah. Um, comes in with like synth chords, which actually another thing to point out, those chords get played in the original on the guitar, but they're very like minor. Not anymore. Right. Because we're in pop land, my friend. Pop land, baby. Um, <laughs> um that, after the that? third line, we get a, like a guitar, like arpeggio coming in on an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Starts to pick out that pattern. That's kind of where the strumming guitar gets buried, which I thought was a little yeah. disappointing. Um, and then like you get some like electric guitar licks on the pre-chorus, even like bass licks. Yeah, that bass lick is critical because that also cool. comes back in the Natalie version. That boom, 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 It's killer. Yeah, cool, smooth bass lick. Um, and then like they bring a lot, like there's a lot of stuff in the chorus. Um, that electric guitar is doing some strumming, doing some muting. Uh, that's like the wicka wicka. To the waka jawaka, waka yeah, waka 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 jawaka, whatever you want to, uh, whatever, and lots of ambient synth. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah, it's lots of ambient synth, and that is an a- ambient, a- ambient, ambient synth doing that, uh, that uh, right, that big one. Which part? It's just it's like a, a two note in the back goes uh Could be. I don't know exactly what you're referring to. It's like. It's like the part that is... Oh, like playing continually. Yeah. Yeah. Because it almost sounds like vocals, and in the Natalie version, it is vocals. Oh, it could be. I guess, yeah. I think, ultimately, I think both are potentially vocal samples, regardless. Sure. But it does... You're right. It does sound like a voice. I kind of missed that. 
it's more obviously a voice in the in the Imbruglia version. Natty I, we call her. <laughs> Natty I. Uh, um, what goes on in the second verse, Alex? Some guitar Anything? that does like a sliding thing. Yeah. Just for a bit. Um, but mostly just that uh, picking guitar comes back. Yeah, that, that's back. Um, second chorus, <clears throat> pretty much the same as the first one. Yeah, I think that there's more of that guitar, maybe. I wrote it down, but it's in the first one. I just wanted to talk about it, I guess. Right. <laughs> uh, then they go into the bridge section. Might be middle eight, depending on how you read it. Um, honestly, I think this is the weakest part. Oh, her like interlude <laughs> afterwards, the bit of piano and the... <laughs> I just, I don't know. It doesn't work for me very much even comes back in the next version we're talking about the, Na- the natalie and brilliant version too much comes back in that didn't like it there much oh, either it's yeah well there's just so linked to each other it's very hard to listen to one or at least listen to this one and not think of what's coming next right? true and it's hard not to think of that version that is like burned into my psyche yeah the definitive version yeah um yeah you're right that section serves no purpose it's not musically interesting and it's i don't it doesn't it's not emotionally interesting it doesn't really doesn't do much it it fills space yeah and they do bring the new lyrics in the bridge this is where we first see them i i think i have like enough versions here consecutively that there wasn't another version that did this first right yeah which it's a it's just a small variation really Mm -hmm. on the uh on the other i don't know exactly it's it serves more like just a pre-chorus to lead into the chorus so there's a bridge and then a pre-chorus because it really is another pre-chorus it just gets called a bridge in um Mm -hmm. in on genius and then Uh, they do another chorus yeah with the kind of it's kind of two choruses now there's like an outro chorus with the slightly That's changed right. lyrics. Um, there's some piano chords in this one. Just There's a lot of stuff, which yeah. is part of the problem, I think, with this version. Yeah, a lot of they stuff throw that a lot just at it. gets mixed in and there's no, yeah. no use for it. It just kind of is there. Yeah. And then we get the big guitar ending with these slides. This that's the other thing. Yeah, that's the other big thing. Yeah. That's going to come back soon. They're like sliding around guitar. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of stuff, a lot of solid stuff, solid ideas that listening to this version don't seem like solid ideas, but we're going to hear them solidify. We're going to hear them getting fully realized very soon. Very soon. But first, we're going to talk about the Trine Ryan music video. First, we're going to talk about the Trine Ryan music video. Um... A lot of overexposed shots of Try and Ryan yep. dancing uh, f- in a various outfits, lots of outfits, a few uh, white outfits, a few black outfits. One's kind of pinkish, but that might just be the color grading. Yeah. Or the lighting, I guess. Yeah, a lot of these are overexposed, blown out. Yeah. Sometimes she's wearing a crown. Yeah, she seems to have like a black queen, white queen thing going on. I, yeah, I don't know if there's a chess metaphor. I don't really, didn't really figure it out. It's mostly mm. just a lot of shots of her singing in various outfits with various lighting. 
And then there's some horses in some shots. Right, the horses. That's the important part of this music video. That's the video very important part of this music video. Depending, I mean, two horses. Horses. Um, yeah. Where she like, she's holding two horses, one in each hand by the um, st- the strap. What do you call that? I don't know. The uh, the reins. The reins. That's what it's called. Um, yeah. And they're like. She's just like holding them and like crouching down at one point. They rear up and it makes a weird sound. That's right. Um. Yeah. That's Later the video. in the video, there's there's like reverse shots of these horses jumping. Actually, if you go to like three thirty six on the dot, yeah, there's do, one they horse jump up a lot, up on it, rearing up, and then another horse's face just superimposed on top. Two horses on top of each other? What? Yeah, it's it's pretty great. It's just you know, like those oh, photos right. where it'll be like, yeah, right. You know and what as I'm the horse goes up, it plays the like ascending guitar slide. Yeah. So it's like, and it's like synced together as the horse rears up. So there's some value to this music video, but it's kind of all over the place. It really is. It is. Uh, yeah. It's amusing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's not great. No, not really. Um, we're gonna talk about the Natalie, Natalie, uh, Natty Eye version in Natty 1997. Natty Ice. Um, Australian singer, songwriter, actress. This is her debut single. She was working with yeah. Phil Thornley, the the producer, and he also played bass on this. Yeah, so he, it's con- he has a co-writing credit on mm-hmm. the original song, um, but uh, the lyrics were written by Anne. Last name escapes me Start right the now. The P Previn. Previn, yeah. Yes. Yeah, what I'm confused about is you've got one of the the originals working on this. And then somehow it end, they, they he was just like, well, Trine Ryan's got this fucking version. Sounds right. pretty good. Like, why like, don't we just do all the beats from that? Totally take that one. Um, apparently that one had some success. So that was like the f- kind of first critical success of this song. And mm-hmm. basically it's a cover of that. Even though, like you oh, said, yeah. it has one of the original um, guys on it. Maybe he didn't like the original version. <laughs> maybe he's just a studio yeah, musician. Maybe. Or he's like, no, it's too... Because obviously he's he's gotten to pop if he's producing Nellie and Brugler. Yeah. I don't know, man. But uh, this is the real shit in terms of the pop versions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, possibly just because I know it so well. It's, it's always hard to judge things on that level, but like this is much more solid than Try and Ryan. As I've already said several times. But similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, a lot more focused on the guitar strumming. Yeah. Um, that acoustic guitar strumming you hear throughout most of the song. Um, and that's kind of the first thing. Well, the first thing that comes in is those synth. Uh, and Yeah, we get that synth machine. fill intro. Playing kind of more filtered and then the guitar comes in and then she comes in singing as well again a lot more poppy very different delivery obviously from edna swap uh we are firmly in pop now um there's also there's credits in this song for drum uh programming and also like 
drum playing. So both mm-hmm. seem to exist. I, as far as I can tell, most of it's a drum kit. Yeah, I think so. Um, we get the that that bass comes in first. It does like a driving bass line after the third line. That's like a, a one subtle way they pick up the verse. Yeah, I think and it, then it even follows the um, strumming pattern potentially. Yeah. But it does, yeah. Like you were saying before, once you get to the pre-chorus, it actually plays the um, the same bass line from the Try and Ryan version. What? Yeah, but uh, but no, 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 no. Yeah, I was wild listening to these back to back. I'm like, oh, this is, is. They just grabbed it all from here. Yeah, but they made it better. Like they. Yeah, I don't know copy, if it's just like, like some it's of it's better production. Um, True. Some of it's just the vocal performance is the other thing. Great. The the it was mixed by and now don't know exactly how to say his name. Nigel Godrich or Godrick, who mm-hmm. produces Radiohead usually. So like, they got a pretty good guy on it. Yeah, pretty strong team here. So um, they they got they got they got the right people to make this. I think. Yeah. It's uh honestly so much of this is just a straight cover of yeah, the Trine version, Trine which we've just talked about. It's it's almost pointless to to go detail um, section by section. But the the guitar strumming doesn't get lost under the other mm-hmm. things. Um, uh, we were referencing the backup vocals. They do sound synthy. They're like ah, uh, uh, but it does. They kind of fill that same role, but it's a little bit more feels like vocals in this version. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they don't have that wicka wicka guitar stuff going on. That's kind of extraneous. They cut it out, stripped it, which yeah works. It was a bit distracting. Yeah, good um, move. But there's still like a guitar that's being picked, but it's like picking out kind of arpeggios. Yeah. Um, whereas like in the verse, it kind of picks a couple notes and then holds, and then once you get to the chorus, it picks continuously. In the chorus, mm-hmm. you do lose the acoustic guitar strumming a bit, but it's not like like in the Try and Ryan version where it gets kind of washed over. And then yeah, it slides 100%. back in. Once the chorus ends, right back into that guitar. Even though there's an electric guitar also playing chords. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other big thing to talk about is like the ooh section, which is a big emphasis on just like the bass and her... Is this... The bridge section? Yeah, the bridge section. Yeah. Yes. This is the kind of the other change they make. Is mm-hmm. they don't change the bridge very much, but it's shorter. They like cut it way yeah. down. Which I think is a good move, because like I said, I did I didn't like it. Yeah. Um and it just leads like into a like leave. a breakdown chorus. Yes. Honestly, or a I feel like pre chorus. If they could have done one more thing, it would have been to improve the bridge section. Yeah. Um but it it works. It works. It's fine. It works. It gets you to the to that the guitar and vocals. Nothing well. You just love. Yes, we're down to acoustic guitar and drums and vocals. Mm-hmm. Although the electric guitar does kind of come in right at the end to lead us yeah, in the chorus. To lead us in. Uh, and then it plays out for a while. Similar things to the to the Try and Ryan version. There's kind of some ambient vocals that sort of intensify as you go. Um. There's, and then that sliding guitar still felt a bit stronger to me, probably just because it was probably more expensive, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but very similar. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you get that same guitar ending. It's, uh, yeah, so to, to sort of wrap it up with a, a quote from Phil Thornley himself, he says, he's talking about the success of this version in particular, he says, obviously she was a pop star and had a background as an actor, so she looked the part. She knew how to make a great video, and the quality of her voice seemed to suit the song because the song is quite anxious, and yet her voice is quite sweet. So I think that made it an attractive union of emotions. Yeah, it certainly doesn't have the same like raw nature of the original, but it's just a different mm-hmm. approach. Yeah, there's a, a tenderness to this one that, and her vocals play a lot stronger than either of the other versions we've talked about today. In the in the pop in the pop region. in the pop region, yeah, they yeah. feel a little more present. I'm gonna say that a lot today. Mm-hmm. Um, still in the pop space, still in the like fairly produced space. But, but they're, yeah, a little more, a little more um, fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of fitting, this music video is music video. fitting itself right into our discussion. Right into our discussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, baby. Nice uh, directed segue. by Canadian film director Alison McLean. Or McLean, mm. I guess, maybe. Born in Canada, moved to New Zealand at the age of 14, shot some short films. Um, and I guess one of her big things, she did it for her short film, I think it's called The Kitchen Sink, but recording footage of when they're not, like, officially recording, and then stitching that into the final product. So that's what she's done here as well, because a lot of this yeah. footage is of, like, the, uh, the the stage crew moving shit around. Yeah, I didn't realize, like, is that actually, I thought it was supposed to seem like that. I, I didn't realize it actually was that. No, I think it actually is that, and oh. that's why you get some of these very yeah. kind of like behind the like, scenes feeling because it really does seem like that. I like what it seems like is kind of um, like s- metaphor for relationship at, or or metaphor for like filming a TV show as or TV show as metaphor for a relationship, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, in that that like everything's fake. There's a lot of idle time uh, standing around, and then at the end, everything gets torn down. <laughs> like, Right. Um, yeah, it literally gets torn. Yeah. Plus, it's a fixed camera, which you see in like a lot of TV sho- shows, particularly sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, Natalie and Brulia had some experience on TV shows, so she kind of like fits into the whole thing. That's right. Um, but it's a, it's a cool video, I think, because of that. Like, It all kind of works together. Like you see, at first it's just these shots of her like walking in the house, and it just seems yeah. like she's just walking in a, a house. You know, she's got kind of baggy pants on, um, and like an oversized sweat. I don't know why I pointed that out. Um, she's Natalie's a fucking smoke lot. show. Are we allowed she's, to say smoke show? No, we're not allowed to say that anymore. Can't she's say smoke very show. attractive. She's pretty cute. Yeah, and she definitely uh, plays into that in this video, um, mm-hmm. especially because. I she seems very short. I don't know how tall mm-hmm. she is, but like compared to all the when there's people around her, she's like always shorter than them. Yeah, or especially her time. her yeah. big dude love interest. Yeah, who's very tall. Um, yeah. So like you kind of see that in, in in the video when it starts, where she like walks out and she's singing, and then like it shows him, and then it shows them together, kind of just being generally playful. But then like a director pops up, 
It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you're not doing it right. Like, fix yourself. Yeah. Like, the one where the, the first one where, like, reality tears is a dude literally comes up and moves the dude. Yeah. And it's like, we got to do this a little differently. So He's like, yeah, you got to go back here a little. Yeah, it is a little, it is a very interesting um, sort of visual metaphor, I think, for, like, for their relationship. It feels like maybe there are forces beyond their control. Uh, that, mm-hmm. And also, she's kind of trying to see it as perfect yeah but clearly like, and isn't. there's obvious signs of these tears and this sort of yeah. fabricated reality yeah which and, i also think yeah. the the between scene the like behind the scenes stuff which i thought was pseudo behind the scenes because it kind of fits into the theme so well of them mm-hmm. just like sitting around especially there's a line in the song conversations run dry which kind of has that feeling they're just kind of staring and like someone's doing something over there that needs to be done but everyone else is just waiting Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh the they really made great use of the sort of off footage to to bring out some moments in the lyrics at around uh like one twenty four. There she says, "I guess the fortune teller was right. Like I should have seen what was going on." We get this sort of vain looking shot of the the love interest dude getting his hair done by one of the uh, one of the stage crew there, and Natalie's sort of like looking away. Right. probably just a casual moment but like yeah in the context where it fits in with the lyrics you're like oh yeah this dude's yeah you fill in the acts. blanks right because it's yeah. just like people not acting um mm-hmm. so, and you assume they are um the other thing pretty clear that like uh her and the guy really don't have chemistry yeah like that's played up a lot obviously anytime they try to be intimate like someone will pop in and stop them or something will happen um, yeah like you can see like they kiss later on they kiss for a while and when they're kissing oh it seems fine and then like they just break away and it's kind of like oh yeah we finished the scene kind of thing mm-hmm. very mechanical um and then everything starts to fall apart <laughs> yeah um, they're like literally deconstructing the set as she's singing at the camera or it kind of starts to fall apart at first yeah, and, and like shakes, sort of and you're like, oh, yeah. shit, what is going on here? And then the dudes start coming in. And then, yeah, so she's kind of like just starts dancing as everything is being torn down. Torn! Yeah, torn! And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of her dancing is like spinning around chaotically. Right, it's it's pretty, it's not, like we said this fairly recently, it's not, um, I'm trying to remember what we said it for. I, I'm trying to get this sentence out. Damn, it is not choreographed. She's it's like yeah. casual dancing. She's ah, uh, much like uh, here I go again. Uh, white singer. No, you're yeah. thinking the lonely boy with the dancing music video. Yes, that's the one. Um, where like, and this isn't even like dancing. Well, it's dancing. I don't want to say it's not dancing because dancing is you know physical expression. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not. It doesn't look like professional dancing at all. She's just having like. A jolly good time she's not trying yeah. to look good which is why kind of where the uplift uplifting thing comes in, i think that i was trying to get from the original or from right. the lyrics uh because she does seem at the end she's kind of dancing she's kind of free really in the song even though she expresses that she still feels bad but there mm-hmm. is that that uh freedom aspect and then she walks away in the end and then yeah. uh, she's she is free and then of course, but it ends on a shot of those two just oh, like staring true. at the camera. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know what that's w- for. With an advertisement for uh, the Torn official audio for Vivo and all-time classic pops. Oh, yeah. Stuff pops up on top of it. Yeah. The worst part about trying to watch music videos on, uh, on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Like, now click all this stuff. And you're like, but the video still has seven yeah, seconds the, left. The video's not over. This is a critical shot. Um, it reminds me of that painting with the, the, the farm couple and the dudes holding the pitchfork. Oh, like uh, Century Century Gothic. That's a font. Uh, what American uh, Gothic? American Gothic. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of, that shot. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Century Gothic. Fuck. <laughs> Century Gothic. Yeah, that font that they <laughs> just hung up. The, the font from, from the painting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That yeah, gives me a bit of that vibe. That's the Natalie and Brulia version. In my opinion, yeah. rightly, well, not necessarily rightly the most popular, but of the pop versions, rightly the most popular. Rightly the most popular. Yeah, in terms of both music video and the uh, the song itself. Yeah. Knocks them out of the park. It's, it's good shit. With that, we're going to move into the distant year 2008. Yeah, we're going to jump Mar- a bit. Marco DeFarco. Marco DeFarco. Uh, Rosetta can... Bove, or Bove. Nothing's Couldn't find a whole lot on them. As far as I can tell, they're Italian. Although there's a yeah. weirdly large number of Japanese characters on things that Marco DeFarco has done. Yeah, um, including this album that this is coming off of called Sunday Uki Uki Toraburu. So uh, something trouble. I don't know what Uki Uki is supposed yeah. to translate to. I mean, it's, he, doesn't, he doesn't sound Japanese. He sounds Italian. No. And she's Italian. Um, I looked up Rosetta was that a bove yeah bove, bove um, maybe um no accent though. anyway um she kind of she hasn't updated her youtube in four years but she tends to do more like jazzy kind of singing okay i found her myspace where it said she was from italy and that was like all <laughs> yeah. i could get on her <laughs> oh right there's that too uh, there's not much on her myspace though there's like a an image that doesn't load anymore mm-hmm. a few of those Maybe it's because I'm not signed up. I'm surprised MySpace still exists. Anyway, um, this is like another poppy version, but it, it definitely deviates. It doesn't follow the try and rhyme formula. No. Um, it's, is this the, this isn't the dancey one, is it? Um, no, it's not. No, it starts with the hand drums and some light like synth keys. Yes hand drums and synth kind of like wavery keys got that like rotary sound almost yeah um this one actually this one's interesting because you start with those hand drums and then once we get into the verse it brings in a kit um and then a bass line too which is kind of weirdly bouncy actually mm-hmm. but uh, the drum kit it kind of sounds like a really fast bossa nova beat yeah um I don't know if that's the best descriptor, but that's what I can relate it to. Now, that's the vibe I'm getting from it, but of course, don't know a lot about Bossa Nova. Fast Bossa Nova. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's what I get. A lot of synthesizer, too. Playing chords, yeah, particularly mostly. When we move to the chorus, it gets like a sort of trop pop feel on the, with that synth. This, is this the. Man, this isn't even the most trop pop version. I know it gets droppier <laughs> and somehow even poppier. <laughs> somehow even more. Um, 
uh yeah yeah just i, I just weirded out by this bass lines yeah really bouncy uh, on that bass <laughs> like bizarrely bouncy um and then as it moves through uh in the chorus it gets really heavy on the cowbell yeah um but there's also that kind of like arpeggio it's like an arpeggio synth arpeggio synth yeah um in the chorus that comes in which drops for the next section and then we're just on like bass and drums um mm-hmm. so uh, kind of as a trick it's a really laid back version it is it is Despite really laid back speed um so i guess it does kind of fill that uh that bossa nova feeling even though it is sped up mm-hmm. it has the kind of laid back feel there's another kind of interesting thing it does um, that I kind of missed out. This is in the transition between the verse and the pre-chorus because they're pretty similar. Uh, other than there's some like faster chords being played, but another thing they do, I think, and it's mm-hmm. subtle because it's hard to tell, but there's a lot of echo. Um, that's pretty fast in the verse, but I think in the pre-chorus they make the echo last longer. Okay. So so it sticks around and kind of loops more. Um, and you kind of get a little more of that like artifactory um, echo, just a little bit. I could hear it more anyway. Yeah, it is more pronounced anyway. Yeah. I wonder if that's just like the volume on it or what. Yeah. Well, I know, like, I have an echo pedal, and there is a repeats knob. So if you turn that up, there it echoes more. Okay. For longer, and then eventually it like really fades because like tape echoes. It gets really like. Meh. But yeah. I think it's that sort of a thing. They just turn up, turn up the repeats knob if that's that what they're using. So um, that's something I, I noticed. Kind of an interesting yeah. technique. It is interesting. Now, what I've noticed is that their bridge section is pretty much exclusively cowbell. It's a lot of cowbell, yeah. <laughs> um, still some synth chords, but a lot of cowbell. A lot of cowbell. Until it cuts. It cuts eventually. And then they yeah. go into that like pre-chorus part. Yeah. Um, but so a lot of cowbell. They really intensify yeah. that cowbell throughout. Um, and a, a, a lot of cowbell and a lot of synthesizer arpeggios. It's kind of what this version's based on, built out of. Mm-hmm. And they also do the slidey guitar part. Mm-hmm. That's right. At the yeah. end. Um, At the end. But everything's still kind of back, so they got like their big ending mm-hmm. over that thing. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good outro. If only Try and Ryan had known what she had. Yeah. Uh, at the time, could have been a very different um, conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the echo really shines on that uh, that guitar section in this. There's a lot of echo, and they do yeah. play around with it, like I said, so they seem to have that dialed in, possibly, yeah, so, literally. So definitely an interesting take. Yeah, um, compared to some of the other ones, I would say it's actually a fairly simple electronic production, has fairly simple electronic production. Yeah, um, they kind of just knock out a couple of drum tracks yeah. and then some simple synth. It doesn't like get super layered. Even the synthesizers don't have... like these super crazy complex evolving sounds to them but yeah they sound fine you know especially for the laid back feeling 
It, mm-hmm. it kind of works. It's decent. Yeah, there's a real focus on the echo with this one, with both those vocals and the guitar at the end. That seems like yeah. that was their trick, their move. Is the echo? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'd, I'd wonder, you know, if you listen to sort of the other songs, if this is the one with the echo or if that's just what they do. Right, or if that's just what they do. Hard to say for sure when there is almost nothing to find on these people to begin with. True, yeah. There's like, is this the one? Mm, no. Okay. No, never mind. No. There was just this a note one. I had on a different one. This, is, this next dream. one is the one. Yes, it is the one. 2017. Some sort of electronic music project uh, that doesn't like to describe itself, apparently. Because there's a lot of places where there's a description section that Mm -hmm. this group could fill out, but there's nothing there. Well, I found one where they did fill it out. Oh, thank you. Where was it? Uh, I don't remember where now, but I copy and pasted it here into this this Word document, and that's what matters. Campsite Dream is a group of friends from Texel. Uh, who loves travel, fashion, and making music. That doesn't sound they live real. By they the made s- that up. That doesn't sound real. They live by the saying, together, we laugh, we smile, we dance, from Texel with love. Okay. With almost 100 million streams and 2 million monthly listeners, Campsite Dream has taken off on Spotify and is buzzing on the blogs. Ooh. Their inspiration comes from traveling the world, going on adventure, and to festivals. It's a story of little moments. I did not find that. Um, I swear I looked in at least two places. I found it, and I will tell you this. Useless. Tells me nothing. (laughs) That's true. Um, Another weird thing, the YouTube channel that hosts the videos is called Mr. Revels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of weird. Mr. Revels. With a Z. Weird. This is the one that's more Trop Pop. Yeah, this is the Trop Poppiest version. Um, Although it comes... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to talk about it. It comes in with this guitar. Pretty, like, rounded-sounding guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds That's all. round. Playing a little... Sounds round. Round. Sound around. Uh, just yeah. playing... It's like it's a pretty short intro, too. Like, the electric guitar kind of strums out a pattern. Like, just a little, mm. just a little riff. Um, and then the... But the verse comes in right away. As the guitar keeps playing. And then some other stuff, too. So, like, bass comes in. Plays along with the progression, and then you got this kind of breathy voice with a, a a lighter echo than some of the other ones. Yeah, um, pretty classic like twenty seventeen pop voice on the vocals with the breathiness. Yeah, with the breathiness. I thought it's something, something it's else. Yeah. I read a comment by someone. It was just a random person. They were talking about how sometimes they try to sing breathy, but it doesn't sound very breathy. So when they actually want to sound breathy, they really have to exaggerate. So okay. I don't know. I thought that was amusing. You just have to like really ham it up. I also one time mm-hmm. read, and I don't know if this is actually safe or healthy, but read that if you want to sing like an opera singer, just pretend to sing like an opera singer and you'll be singing like an opera singer you may need to have singing like vocal training first though okay anyway maybe that was amusing so yeah this song is for the first verse it's just that guitar on loop her singing yep 
There's like a, a root note bass. Boom, boom, boom. There's an ambient then, synth that comes in, but it's really quiet. In the second half of the verse. So like the second three lines. Okay. It's really quiet. Just a little bit. But it's just like ambient. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll, it's, I'll, I'll pretend to hear it. Pretty sure it's there. But it's very, very quiet. I have to listen very, very carefully. Right. Very, very carefully. Um, and then we whip in with this trop pop synth. Yes. The, uh, well, chorus. a lot. I should mention this now because I'll cover it now and it just happens. There's a lot of sweeps for transitions. So they do like a shh. Yeah. Filters oh, yeah, the transition. Psh. Yeah. That's just pretty much between every section. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, drop pop synth. Sort of that like steel drum synth sound. Yeah. And then we make the choice. We do this big build up to a, like a pretty subdued chorus. Or maybe a marimba. Everything gets swept to the back. That's true. It literally sweeps. And then, yeah, it gets all spacey. Things. Lots yeah, of things cut. Sweeping everything around. Like, yeah, swept to the back. I think that's a good way to say it. Thanks for saying yeah, that. Yeah, you're welcome. And then we get some, of course, some snaps. Some snaps, yes. Um, there's also, there's a synth riff here. It's very filtered. It's yeah. almost got like a cello quality to it. But it's still pretty quiet. And it has like kind of a lo-fi edge too. But it's like a cello. Because it's just kind of like a low cello yeah 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 cello it's it's cello yes exactly 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 uh, it also and like you said snaps so like it kind of stays down for this section and then does does a bit of a build it's not like a mm-hmm. massive build but it's almost kind of a drop at the end of it almost yeah so like like it brings in a, like a kick drum like an electronic kick drum and then it starts to build and it starts to kind of like ratchet faster and faster and faster. And then into the next section, which is kind of like the dance. Yeah, these like parts. chopped vocals. This. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I, I, I. <laughs> like uh, synthesized, like voice samples that have been. Yeah. That have been messed around with. Yeah. Um, and then this like really bright like piano kind of synth playing these really bright chords. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if it counts as a drop because it wasn't like a massive build, but it kind of feels like that. And it really is like a let's dance for a bit section for about 20 seconds. Yeah. So reasonable length for that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, of course, trop, synth drop sound, you know? Pop. Oh, no, I'm thinking yeah. of it. This is. It's not the exactly the one from before. It's more of more like a bright piano sound, but a very like digital bright yeah. piano sound. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. And then and then from there we go back pretty quickly with, of course, another sweep into the second verse. Yes, another one. Uh, there was a shaker that came in before. It sticks around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sticks around. Uh, uh, we've got the snap video. sticking around as well. So yeah. So the electric guitar is playing again. Kind of the same, but they've layered a few more things on top. And then they really just kind of do the same thing. Same trick for the chorus. Gets all spacey again. Mm-hmm. Goes, goes through, really. And yeah, then and, into and then another we, dance section. Yeah, another dance section. And then they kind of keep that dance section as they throw in your outro choruses. Over. Yeah, they bring in the chorus again. And, of course, sweeps. Where would they be without 
filter sweeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, plenty of filter sweeps. And actually, at the very end, it cuts to just that like vocal sample thing, which which is That's what right. they fade out on. Which I don't know. It's a very very amusing sound to me. I don't know. I I I. I, 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 well, I think it is truly the strength of this version is the uniqueness of that. Um, True. Little That's kind of. Uh, I I find it amusing because it sounds a little funny, but it's mm-hmm. not bad. It's like it's decent to dance to. It's just if you just done. sit around and listen to it, you're like, ha. Huh. Voices don't do that, but like, it sounds fine. Yeah, it sounds fine. And in terms of like picking a different section to focus on, like they really made the the after the chorus bridge bit their bit. They're like, this is what where we put the campfire dream touch on it or campsite dream campsite dream as we're going to do this <laughs> and it's extra funny when we do it because we're not really computers that's right uh or singers but yeah otherwise this version's very much like your textbook like 2017 pop cover yeah choppy poppy but also Trophy. quite different from like the last two we talked about take a pretty big um uh departure from the mm-hmm. from the like really popular pop 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 version. Yeah, we're seeing an evolution of pop from its its nineteen nineties form to its uh its Right, it's also been like a couple decades. Yeah. So yeah, well not I like not not a standout. This version is not a standout in its era. It is a standout from the other versions we've talked about. Um, and now we're going to talk about Hannah Firm in 2019, a Swedish singer who competed in Idol 2017. Got second place. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. So this is where we talked about pop. Um, adaptations of the pop version um this obviously brings it further into the future closer to the present but also Mm. she is very much a vocalist so this is very much a vocal focus yeah we get vocals right off the bat here yeah no beating around the bush and very like subdued synth just be around her very ambient yeah mostly this ambient effects Mm -hmm. um and then of course her vocal is very much more in the like modern pop vein. Edges are sanded off. Yeah. It sounds like beyond perfect, basically. Um and she does this comes in later on. I'm trying to see if I can describe this. You know that thing? It it's more you hear it in like female pop vocalists. Um where they kind of like, as they start to sing a note, they like kind of make that little like squeak. Yeah. Yeah, she does that. She does do that squeak. Uh, not yet though. We're we're starting low. Um, fil- drums are filtered. Um, yeah. There's also like between the halves, because this is the longer verse. Between the halves of the verse, there's like one single note as the drums come in. And yeah, I don't like know exactly what it is, but yeah, it's just like one, and it doesn't last very long. It just kind of does a thing, and then never comes back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm just like, that's it. Done the first half of the verse, on to the second half. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of sin that comes mm-hmm. in, particularly once we get into the pre-chorus. Yeah, where well, she goes higher with her vocals than I expected. I mean, that's her focus. True, she kind of goes into like a, I guess, head voice, you'd say. Yeah. Um, and it gets really breathy there, too. Although yeah. she kind of sings it in that breathy way anyway. And then it, it cuts out right before the chorus. So it does, you know, that brief wait. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of synthesizers. There's synthesizers. Because some drum production. Actually, the synthesizer's interesting, and let me tell you why. Uh, they're playing chords, why. but it almost, it becomes kind of like a drone. It's kind of low, and it almost sounds a bit flat hmm. to me. Um, they sort of have this very, like, gradual, like, like slow attack, I think. It takes a long time for the, for the volume to build. Uh, but it is, yeah. To me, the synthesizer sounded like a, a bit off but like in a desirable way okay but it might just be because it's kind of it becomes a drone even though they change it, it kind of drones because it's low yeah and well in, like in contrast to her voice which goes up quite high the synths are quite low quite bassy yeah yeah i guess you fill the space um so it works out they don't clash with each other or anything Hmm. Um, they do a big pause before the end of the pre-chorus. I don't know if we talked about that. The uh, oh uh, yeah, they cuts out. Yeah. Yeah, before it leads into the chorus. We sit in there and there's not that fun up top. <laughs> there's also there's a bit right at the end, um, mm-hmm. for her like transition, she does like a little vocal run. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. I don't know. And then there's like a like a weird sound after that. It's like. I don't know. It's just weird sounds she makes. I, well, I watched a live version of that. That part is actually uh, just in the backing track. She didn't sing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I, she probably sang it at some point. but Right, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, what else happens um, here? I think it's pretty yeah, consistent. Second verse, right? pretty much the same as the first. Yeah. Uh, with more drums. More drums. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. The dr- um, it's like the second half of the first, so yeah. Yeah. They don't it goes straight into the bridge, there's no instrumental section, which I think considering I didn't like the that part of the original. Uh or right. Not the original, you know, I didn't like that part on the poppy ones. Uh or on like Natalie's. So Yeah. So yeah, fine. Whatever. And like for a vocalist, what what money is there in that? Does it go Right. Yeah. It's all about the vocals. That's that's the that's the focus here. So we don't That's need the focus. We don't need a guitar solo. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, she does the bridge, which is really a pre-chorus, uh, straight into yeah. another chorus. Um, although yeah, that she... that mm-hmm. part is a little different because it brings in the filter drums from way back at the start. Right. And she also like kind of talks out the first half of that bridge. It's a bit. No, no, no. Even <laughs> like. Uh... Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of something later. Thinking of something later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she um... does that. Because the, there's the backup singing version. in the yeah. chorus. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of you, I think. Yeah, you're talking the third chorus here? Yeah, the following So right chorus. after the bridge? Yeah. yeah. It, it does, like, there's backup singing that comes in on some of the lines, and it almost has like an ad libby feel to it. Yeah, it's like an ad-lib track that she does over top of the regular one. Yeah. 
But the rest of it's normal. Yeah. Other than they kind of do the outro chorus as well. So it's longer, but. And of course, she goes harder on this one. She hits some some higher notes with the line naked on the floor line. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, she's the singer. That's She's the singer here. Yeah, she's really trying to push this the singing in here. And I mean, she sings well enough. Yeah. In the, like, pop form. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty good. And she ends it by saying, I'm torn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it fades out there. So it's a little... Um, I thought it had a little bit more, in terms of like pop music, of a dark edge. Possibly just because of those, those low synthesizers. Um, and that yeah. was maybe a little more in vogue way back in 2019. or Way back in the distant year 2019. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Um, so. Yeah, I think it falls for some of the same traps that you know, idle competition winners or runners up fall for is just focusing too much maybe on the, the vocals. Maybe. And, and also, like this... also rounding off the edges. Yeah. It's like a solid version, but not that interesting overall. Yeah. It really stand it's, out. A, it's kind of boring. So. But I mean, yeah, she, she did her yeah. thing. Good job. Speaking of another version, Annette Louisen. Louisan. Louis Sun 2020. Choose to pronounce it slightly French. She was actually born in East Germany. That's um, right. So I don't know if that means anything. German singer. She lives in Hamburg now. She does blues, soul, jazz, and swing. This version also starts with hand drumming. It does. And then it, and then the drums come in and they're like a bit clicky. It doesn't really sound basso this time, though. No. Uh, but also has a weirdly bouncy bass line. Yeah. Like, bam, 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 dun, dun. It's not like that energetic, but it kind of has that. Um, <laughs> it does. It makes a lot of changes, too. So it's not yeah. like strumming the guitar. It's got a, like a picking muted guitar. Yeah, and you hear a lot of that moving on the strings noise. That yeah, whatever that's called, fret noise. Fret noise, maybe. Maybe, I think fret noise is when you. Is fret noise the same thing as fret buzz? Let's maybe. not worry. Let's not worry about it. Um, let's not worry about it. I'll uses a very quiet symbol to transition uh, into the previous. Yeah. Um. And then brings in some, like, synthesizer that almost has, like, an EP sound. Actually, it sounds like a lot of things. It could be because, like, digital pianos can, like, layer sounds pretty easily. Um, could just be that. Like, a piano with an EP and, like, a bit of synth. Like, no problem. Whatever. Play them no all at once. Or play them all separately. Combine them in the mix. And then when you play it live, just do it on it. I'd do it with a sample. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, she's got a very like thin voice. It's a, it's an odd voice. She's kind of mm-hmm. I, like I've known people who kind of talk like that, where it, right. I don't really know how to describe it, but it it's odd. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a big line, but and the like the full instrumental track on this is like a it is a little bouncy. It is a little bit of an upbeat bop. Yeah, I think it's mostly because of that rhythm. Boom, 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 bo
Yeah, when like with it, like has the a real group and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little odd, but and and they overwhelm her vocals. You think so? I think so. I think her, they, they. I listen to them more. They're louder in the mix. They are a bit loud. I didn't notice that. I'll admit, but I can see what you mean. Yeah, and sometimes I make snap decisions where I'm like, yeah. "Oh, they're a little louder, so it's they're she's little. drowning." Because like in the chorus, it does have like um, that guitar strumming. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are fairly loud. <laughs> Allow me to agree with you in many words. Yeah, she uh, she kind of holds it together on the the verse, at least the first one, because the guitar is muted. Then at least. Yeah, I actually, I think. As much as her voice is odd, I think I do like it here, but it's kind of like soft, and they kind of, maybe it's just uh, the way they... Well, are. yeah, I think a little softness, if you're going the pop route on this song, goes a long way. Yeah. This one also does, like, a pause at one point. I think just once, between the pre-chorus and the chorus. I don't know. The previous mm. version, or one of the other versions of that. Yeah, Ham, Camp, Camp, no, was it Hannah Firm? Um, it was, no, it's Campsite Dream. It was, it was Campsite Dream. Yeah. Twas, twas indeed. Um, twas. But other than that, like it's pretty similar. They don't actually change it up between the sections much. Um, yeah, they establish their groove and they keep it. And like this is what the backing track sounds like. And it's yeah. the only thing you can hear because the vocals are so quiet. Just her little hoo hoo. Yeah, those happen. Um, that goes into the bridge. Which is mostly a pre-chorus. The music's a bit different because it like cuts down for a bit, and like guitar chords. But there's like more ambient synth. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, it cuts down. Yeah, it's just kind of ambient guitar chords for a bit, and then comes back up into the chorus because it's a fairly short section. Yeah, like and it ends on that same like guitar sliding uh, solo second part. Yeah, there's some extra guitar in that final chorus, but it's, like, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, if you listen to the Into Something real line, there's a, a bit of, like, this smooth guitar that plays a couple notes, but then just, like, doesn't do anything else. Okay. That's something we've come across a few times, where they'll, like, a new guitar comes in at one very specific point in the song, plays, like, three notes, and then never comes back. Which right. Is just a weird thing. It seems like so much effort, and I question uh, what you actually get out of it. Yeah, I wonder why that happens. It seems to me to not be much. Yeah. Um, this version overall, my my simplest way to say it, I like the instrumental track. The vocals were boring to me. Yeah, I thought it was to me similarities to the trap pop version. To the uh oh now which one was I talking about? Probably Campsite Dream. Um mm-hmm. But felt a little more earthy, naturalistic. Mm. Yeah, we um, get that. What's obviously a stand-up bass in there, and mm. yeah, some of that uh, that string sliding noise. Yeah, it takes you a little more in the organic path. Yeah. So I appreciated that. About. Yeah, I probably like it live. Like seeing it in a live setting, I'd be like, "Oh, this is a jam." Yeah. That said. We got to take this to our final verdicts because that's all the covers today. We got three categories today: the worst version. The best version, and the version that is the most likely to be <laughs> used in 
uh, film. <laughs> Sounds like yep. you're doing a like one word story on your own. I did. That was exactly what it was. I did not have a third category prepared. In a film, eh? Okay. Sure, yeah. Sure. I mean, I have an answer for that. So. Good, Alex. What's the worst version what's of this? What's the worst version? So honestly. This might just be by comparison. Because I think um, it comes so close to the mark. But it didn't know what it had. So I think Try and mm-hmm. Rhyme. I think it's the worst version. Because we know what it Yeah, that 100%. Said, it, it, it was the one that made the, the good parts. But it, it just falls flat in the end, I think. So it deserves mm-hmm. some credit for being the direct inspiration for the most popular version because it did those things first but it didn't do yeah. that better and t- it does that's like it's yeah it's very tricky to give that one worse but it does look like absolute shit in comparison yeah. to the to the Natalie version yeah and it's just on balance mm-hmm. but but it's just it's so close it's just this like uncanny thing mhm and like yeah like a lot of these versions were just kind of plain for me this week like Hannah Firm is kind of boring. Campsite Dream is kind of boring. Even Annette Louisanne is kind of boring. Marco DeFarco, yeah, the most exciting thing is the name. They all do they, they all do fine. Like, yeah, Torn by Trine Ryan. The most exciting thing about Trine Ryan is that she's married to a Norwegian adventurer. <laughs> Which is a <laughs> I can't stop cool thinking title. about it. <laughs> yeah. Who is so, this yeah, guy? How do you become an I'm, adventurer? Yeah, like, how do you become, how do you like, become known your... as an adventurer? Is he adventurer. a TV show? Maybe that. Maybe. Well, you'd think he'd Still be a television not. personality. or there, There's only one Bear Grylls, so yeah. it's not, not an easy uh, field to get into. No, certainly not. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Try and Ryan as well. It feels unfair in some ways, but in other ways, you had the golden formula. You know, it's the difference between lead and gold, baby. You didn't alchemy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, transmute, I believe. Is That's right. Transmute <laughs> would be the term. Um. So, I mean, I think that leads into nicely into my best version, which I have to give to Natalie and Brulia. I don't know how it could be any other way. It's fair. Also fair. Um, I am, well, anyway, I, I gotta, it's, it's the strongest version. It had a lot of things going for it. It took all the best parts of an existing version um, and just focused on them, made it better. Yeah. It is a cover that defeated a, a, a previous version using basically all of the exact same tools. Yeah. And that is impressive. And it's the most well-known version. And, of course, it'd be very easy to give it to best. But I got to give a shout-out to Edna Swap. I thought the, the alt-rock version this was very cool. I loved the vocal performance. Um, they I deserve thought maybe it. maybe you could have done a, a shorter, like, two minutes of, like, what essentially is almost a demo is a bit much. But, yeah, I don't know. I also kind of liked it. I liked the guitar. I thought it was very cool. I'm giving it to Edna Swap for best version. But yeah, Natalie and Brulia is probably the right answer. So, you know, whatever. Alex, most likely to, or best one to be used in a film, because most likely to be used in a film is the Natalie and Brulia version. True. What's the best one for a film? <laughs> yeah, because that's the, the one that's known. What is the best one for a film? Um, I feel like you could get, like, the Edna Swap version could get, gets really gritty. So if you get really gritty in a movie, you could play that guitar at the same time. That would be probably oh, yeah. the most impactful. Um, 
the most likely other than Natalie and Brulia to be in a film, it's probably like a campsite dream because it's like they put in a party scene or something. Oh yeah. But I think I'll probably have to go in a swap because in a swap. Get, Good choice. Get that get that low grit. I'm gonna go with for this one the uh Liz Sorensen. Oh burned. It's uh you get a little foreign language in there. It's gonna be a foreign language film, baby. You're a, a young and budding Denmarkian. I guess Danish. The word is Danish. Danish. A, Danish. a Danish filmmaker, and you're like, we gotta we gotta make people think about Denmark when they think about high quality art. And so we're gonna pop in, burned that hit from 1993. We're gonna make this thing sing. That's, and you know, we could even do it in an American one and just add like in some sort of subtitled thing. Like when everybody was watching Chernobyl, you could have snuck this in. They wouldn't even know that you shouldn't be putting Danish songs in something that takes place in Chernobyl. But it would work. I think foreign language gives it uh, an easy, an easy way to just just focus on emotions instead of lyrics. Unless you're Danish, in which case you're gonna recognize it pretty quick. Like there's that popular song. <laughs> like ah, that's my the, pick in the language I speak and know well. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that song. So, that's my pick for filmiest version. And that is our final verdict. So you got a different opinion, similar opinion. Want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about? Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, at SomeAlexWiseGuy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Tell us about your day. Ask us about a song you want us to cover in the future. All that fun stuff. Rate and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends about us. We don't have a marketing budget. We're doing this for the love of the game. We don't make any money off of this yet. Yet? Question mark? Pregnant pause? Mm. Pregnant pause? Sponsor us. If you want to sell something to an audience of roughly 2,000 people who listen to a minute or less of this, buddy, I got the podcast for you. We'll chuck you right at the front. They can tune in. Not only because there's no ad, line, but... And tune out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not because there's no line. It's premium space. Hook us up with your sponsorship, and we'll hook you up with a customer. Um, yeah. That's what I have to say about that. Now, as always, it's time for a bonus segment in which I ask Alex a question. Alex! Yo. Vaccinations. Concerts. What if... What do you? Who do you want to see the most post post vax world? Well, we were gonna go see Jacob Collier, and that's been rescheduled, so that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. next April. April. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, mostly I I want to see more local stuff because I always say I want to, and then I don't. But it's been weird not having the choice. Uh, Mm Um, nothing specific, really. I just want to see things again. Uh, I want there to again, be performances. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to see Jacob Collier. I want to see The Darkness, because those were the we were going to go to those concerts before they got canceled. Um, mm. And maybe that will still happen, but, but definitely want to see some, see some things on the local scale. Yeah, I hear you 100%. It's, it's looking like and I'm sure you have concert. more local options out in Vancouver than I, I do. I do. It's weird. So um, for my 27th birthday, Greta got me a ticket to go see the Zombies live. Oh, that's right. Like April or something. And 
instead of canceling the concert like they should have, they've just continually delayed it and refused to give me a refund for it. Shout out to Tickets W Center. You guys can suck it. <laughs> Absolute garbage. They've been delaying it for like three months at a time for the past year and a half. And so it's looking right now they've got it scheduled for July, which I think according to the BC reopening plan is still too soon. I could be wrong on that. I'd have to double check. They'll probably reschedule it again for like October or November. So it's probably going to be the first show I'm going to see. Which, which doesn't seem like a great reintroduction because it's going to be me and like a bunch of 50 year olds sitting down in a stadium. Well, let's hope the zombies can make it that far. I guess they're already. I know. I, I keep waiting for one to drop dead so that I can get my money back. I mean, they've been around for a long time. I don't yeah. know who's technically in that band right now. Uh, yeah, nor do I. But uh, that's looking like what it's going to be the first show for me. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, yeah, local acts would be real nice to, to get in there and just see see some real local. Because I feel like I should be a local music scene guy. That seems like something I should have always been doing. But <laughs> Yeah, and that's something well, I've ever got into. You have to actually talk to people, I think, for that, though. So Yeah, that, true. I have some disadvantages there. Also, when you live way out in the fucking suburbs, you got to drive down to every fucking true. venue. True, true. Like, come on. Ow. But here, man, I'm in walking distance. I'll walk to the goddamn show. That's where it's at. And that's, um, yeah, so yeah, good, good answer. I'm stealing your answer of local shows. I'm not necessarily looking forward to the zombies, and I'm excited for, I would like to, uh, the next Frank Turner show I see is going to be a real big Yes, because he just announced a new album, so that's pretty cool. That's right. Frank Turner Hardcore. THC. Thick. Tell us what concert you're looking forward to post-pandemic. Hashtag post-pancon. Let us know on Twitter. That's our bonus segment. That's our entire show. As we always say on Cover Me, our conversation has run dry. That was Cover Me.